Hey, Black African Power. What's good? What's happening? A well-organized lie. Defeats a disorganized truth every time. Ooh-wee, man, y'all already know what it is, man. It's God killer in the house, man. And look, man, we got a powerful show today. And look, man, let's just get it cracking, man. I'm a rock squad up, Magi archers in the building. Please believe. Oh shit. If you ain't Sinetta, no time for that interview, dog. I put my shit out for niggas, I don't send it to blogs. Clan kill off the Buddha, not being discreet. One puff this big pops and projectiles. Sun run, cold game, bring your cleats. The best flow blow, Eskimo, penguin feet. Don't need no blunt to burn You run the turf with ten niggas on the block That's a punk return Ayo, Dolomite prototype Soldier with the solar light Saber and he hold it like he hold a mic Golden ice pendants Sipping on that overpriced poltergeist spirits Ripping at the open mic Spoke the nice lyrics like Mama moved mean overnight Golden motorbike holding on some trying shit That nice neon kit is on it The king's libation with exotic liqueur Queen's vibration like a side of Shakur A lot of the poor imported foreign threads they ain't got at the store Nubian Kush black top pottery jars 39% THC, the quality pure Old rappers try to spit ain't hot as before It's like I'm five flights above, busting shots at the floor Cats switch up they style when they ain't got it no more Cause they gotta keep their product in stores to feed their kids uh, see what that weed did? The yes man agreeing on everything we said I smell of a mic like it's the love of my life Don't get sliced in beat with the butt of the knife Brother polite, I say I'm animalistic Cause I still be in the hood with my hand on my pistol The Hebrews think I'm cannibalistic E5 divination, channel the mystic Audio visionary, let's play poetical visionary Picture me burning down your missionary Yeah then I send you religion That red dot on your head That's Hindu tradition Invisible, independent, intrinsic shit I'll bring it all to an end With indivisible games Charles Xavier, getting your brain Mental anguish, a manifesting physical pain Wizard remains to dance in the chemical rain Breathe slow, then I'm up out of this physical plane Got military machinery that exercise Weaponized greenery Shine out of jeopardize the scenery, son Bruh, the beam can time your distance Inclines convention, stop rising with no trend line resistance. The parabolic breakout, I'm F16 with the aeronautic fake out. The God killer, the God killer, the God killer, the God killer, it's the God killer, the God killer, that's who it is. The God killer, the God killer, it's the God killer, the God killer, the God killer, the God killer, it's the God killer, the God killer, the God killer. Hey, look, check this out. What's good, family, man? Hey, look, welcome to the show. We got a real, 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 real powerful show today. All right. Uh, clearing the path for African uh, reclamation with the Amaral Squad and a University Comedic Press. So look, let me jump right in real fast, right? Um, one of my favorite authors right here, and this will kind of set the tone for what we're doing. Page 132 from Destruction of Black Civilization. Iron was the basis 
of the technological revolution in warfare, that the Assyrians, the Hittites, the Persians, and other Asiatic nations were equipping their armies with the new types of iron weapons, and that these were devastatingly more effective than the stone and copper weapons had to be well known to the Africans. It was not news, as was mentioned before. They not only knew how to use the iron, but they had long since developed the iron smelting process. The trouble was the highly sensitive royal monopolies. Yeah, y'all know how we do as Africans. No secret was more zealously guarded than the smelting of iron. This meant rigidly limiting production. Here was fear out of marching, matching both reason and the most elementary common sense. This oversensitiveness, which inhibited the expansion of iron production, was to contribute mightily to the success of the Syrian armies over them. Properly, too, may have blurred, prosperity, too, may have blurred the Africans' vision. Too much success can be dangerous. In this case, so much wealth was piled up from foreign trade, especially the gold, ivory, copper, and the question of iron if raised, may have dismissed as economically unsound. Whatever the reason were, the fact is that the great iron industry, which had developed in this century, uh, spreading over Africa, could have started centuries before. And this is the basis of what we're going to deal with. At some point in time, African culture had failed them. They did not see the need for iron. So now let me introduce... Um, First, the squad, and then my esteemed guest. What's good, Sister Night? How you doing? I'm a raw squad up. I'm a raw squad up. Um, Voices of Fire, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, I just want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. We're going to have a great show. Um, I'm just excited about having the University of Kennedy Press here. Um, and I just look forward to engaging and just having a meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. Wuja, Shasu, Marty, Madaletcha, Amara, squad up. Peace, peace to everyone. Peace to the panel. Peace to you, Unc. Peace to the Amara squad. Sister Naya, brother Saimotep, and our esteemed guests for tonight. This is your brother Wujao, Menib Edimaat, and I'm here. Um, I'm gonna chime in. I think it's a very interesting topic uh, that we've uh, gonna discuss tonight. Hope everyone enjoys it, and um, we're gonna get in. Mm -hmm. Brother Sahotep, Mocha University. What's good? I'm a raw squad up. Peace and blessings to everyone in, uh, on the panel, to our esteemed guests, and of course, all the viewers who are tuning in live and those who are tuning in after the live program. Uh, just want to say salute, and I look forward to this conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Brother Smash Rockwells says, shout out to Comedic Press. He said when he grow up, he want to be just like y'all. What's good, brother Yava? How you doing, man? Comedic Press on deck. What's good? You got to unmute your mic. What's up, brother? It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It's great to be here. I'm excited about the discussion. I'm, I'm excited about the discussion. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for this opportunity, and I'm looking forward to the feedback from the people that are viewing. Hey, look, check this out. My favorite right here in the building, uh, Dr. Dakar. Uh, Kilimanjaro, how you doing, brother? How you feeling? What's good? 
Oh, Hotep, I certainly appreciate you and Asar and Waju and Naya and Yara. And if Sanjeti is on, I certainly appreciate him. I um, do know that it's good uh, to, to not only have this discussion, but certainly to be in such uh, esteemed company. So great to see you all. Mm. Well, you know, it's that time again. Uh, I know y'all releasing some great books and that's going to be part of the discussion. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. So, you know, I'm just trying to figure out like what inspired y'all to get you this point where y'all at with all these books. You want me to answer that? Yeah, answer that. It's moments like this. I mean, just just being around you all is it's just a great thing. Waju doing the great work with the Meta Nature and ASAR literally all over the place in a scientific way. I just certainly appreciate it. I've been following Naya also. I appreciate that work. And Ankh, you are a maestro at um, you know, organizing quality information that we've been missing in the community. You know, people are afraid of it. And so they're gonna stick with um, mysticism and myths and all of that. And that's not gonna move us forward. So I'm glad that you um, you pushed this, this element of it forward. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Uh, how about you, uh, Brother Yara? You know what I'm saying? You know, we have deep conversations on a regular basis. We we, we really be having fun with it, man. So yep. when inspired you <laughs> to, do, to do the work? What inspired me to do the work? Yeah, what inspired you to do this work right here? Um, it's a it's a it's a looking out for me, it was a looking out and seeing that we were on the bottom. Um, I'm 47, so I grew up in the 80s, and in the 80s it was this campaign dealing with the starving African, right? And so as a child, I seen us on the bottom in, the, in Detroit where I grew up, I seen us on the bottom and I couldn't for the life of me figure out how we got this way. And so I wanted answers. So I began to seek out answers and I've been very fortunate and began to study and began to see and find this the truth. There's certain things we didn't do that other cultures did do, which allowed them to conquer us and take our resources. And since that point, we've been in, in, a, in, a, in a, a downward spiral trying to keep from spiraling out of control. And so that's what inspired me to do this work, uh, is to get us back to our, on our right path and get us back to where we should be as a people. <laughs> yeah, we intellectual gunfighters <laughs> and we appreciate all the bullets that y'all got, absolutely. <laughs> so let's uh, tell you what, um, hmm. Professor, uh, can you like give me a, a brief synopsis of your your uh, your new book you got coming out? All right, peace. Yes. Um, well, the the book that that's currently in the works is called Aluja, Volume Two. Uh, given the name, of course, there was a Volume One that was published in two thousand and thirteen. And so this is going to be the second volume. And in this volume, it is sub, uh, subtitled, you know, African Religion and Philosophy. And we're going to be dealing with the uh, a reanalysis of certain major concepts in ancient Egyptian uh, literature, of course, civilization in general, um, and as far as their culture. And as always, we're using, you know, living traditions and historical accounts, 
across Africa to give it its backdrop. And, and we'll see how the underlying philosophy gave way to the development of science along the Nile Valley in the modern sense. And as it regards uh, having observations, then thinking of hypotheses, and then testing and experimenting and developing theories. And so this, this particular path begins in the Nile Valley and of course has went through several different developments over time to the way that we know it here in the West. But, um, but it all starts from their, their philosophical conversations. And um, so that's what we address there. And secondly, half of the book, the second half of the book will be addressing uh, Dr. Wesley Muhammad in this long-standing debate that we've been having um, for a good number of years regarding the etymology of the word Allah and its possible relationship to the god Ra in ancient Kemet. And so I'm taking this opportunity to address a book that he wrote, um, Ra is Allah, Why Asar and Hotep is Wrong. So um, given the nature of his text, it was it became apparent that I would have to do the work for him. <laughs> and the work that I did in the text uh, helps to bring about and illuminate and, and even correct even some assumptions that I had in the first volume um, regarding the, that question and the relationship between uh, Semitic and the uh, the continental African languages, and so it is is going to be a a pretty large volume, um, but it will address you know many things and correct many things and bring new types of uh, hypotheses forward um, regarding some of the ideas that we take for granted. Uh, that, you know, we may have to reconsider given the evidence uh, as the, as the, as the work, you know, uh, would imply. So uh, I hope I, yeah, okay. you know, play that well. All right. Okay. So before we get back to Yara's, uh, uh, him talking about the books they produce, let me introduce my esteemed uh, colleague. Uh, he's also a practitioner. Uh, one of my best friends. Brother Sanjetti, what's good? I'm a raw squad up. All right. <clears throat> now, can everybody hear me? I want to make sure the volume's, volume's up. Yep, loud, <clears throat> loud and clear, okay. and everything's good. Okay, all right, great, excellent. All right, so um, first and foremost, you know, I'd like to uh, welcome the guests from our uh, University of Kemet Press, uh, Takak and Majaro, and Yara and Neb. Um, uh, who, um, all of which I have personal uh, relationships with, and you know I consider these some of my some of my teachers and uh, counselors, if you will. Uh, Want to give praise and honor to the rest of the people on the squad, brother Ankh, 
Akikak, Naya, and I saw Imhotep and other squad members who could not make it, um, at least at this point. Um, <clears throat> in short, currently uh, uh, teaching uh, Metal Nature, um, you know, to, uh, to an excellent uh, group of, uh, of dedicated brothers and sisters and elders. You know, so that's going very well. Um, I learned a lot myself um, to uh, the research of the University of Kimmer Press. I use their books and their, their works uh, very, very closely. Uh, this, uh, this one is actually one of my favorites here. Uh, my Guided Principles of More Living, very well organized, as well as their other works, um, you know, that I use in my own studies and, and how I apply the knowledge. So, uh, so there's some of my work currently that, you know, I do have some other uh, community-based projects. Um, but, you know, definitely, you know, University of Kimmer Press's work is a, um, is a contribution to that. Mm, okay. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Okay, uh, Yara, man, do me a favor, man. Go ahead and um, uh, provide us a brief synopsis uh, on your books and the titles for us, man. So, so the, you know, listening audience can kind of really get a feel for that arsenal y'all have produced. Look, you know I can't be brief, so I'm gonna take 30 minutes to, to do this. Hey man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you speak on lungs too. <laughs> so hey, 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 look, look, we have we have 16 books on the table currently. Mm -hmm. Two books in the pike. So we have 16 books, and so no other organization, nobody else has produced this volume of work. And we're not talking about pamphlets, 50 pages, 100 pages. The first book that we have on the table, the first book that we produce is my eye, Guiding Principles. Go ahead, Sanjay. The Guiding Principles of Moral Living. This book is 596 numbered pages, right? Mm -hmm. 596 pages. And we're talking about about 10-point, 12-point font, right? And so we're not using 30-point font to generate this. This <laughs> book deals with the African morality before we were invaded. And so it takes you to our, our, our ancient text, right? It takes, well... Morality comes out of a people's lived history, right? Mm -hmm. Out of our experience. So the morality of the enslaved is not the same morality that the enslaver has. Mm -hmm. So morality is relative to your position. And so we lay out the history of our people in the preface and prologue of the book, the first 177 pages. Then we go into our ancient writings and then we go into what our people thought philosophically. Then we go into updating that information and applying that information. That's our first text. So we deal with the morality before we deal with anything else. And then after that, we have the text, African time, right? So we have African time. This, this here is 1,014 pages, right? 1,014 pages of text, charts, diagram, colored pictures, right? 1,014 pages, and it deals with the universe to 1896. Because one of the first things that I learned from Dakar in about 1990 was that, 89 or 90, is that all things are born, grow, develop, and die. And they're reborn at a higher level. All things are born, grow, develop, mature, and die, and they're reborn at a higher level. You can say that for a star system. You can say that for a star itself. You can say that for a moon. I'm sorry, you can say that for a planet. You can say that for a species on the planet. And so you can say that for cultures on the planet. Our culture was born, matured, developed, died, and now we're in, a, in, a, in the beginning stages of the reclamation to lead to the rebirth period. That's African time, right? 
The third book is Bach. Can you see that? The third book is Bach. What's the title? Bach Squared, United States Birth Development Decline Regression Before the Leap and Passing, 1607, 1607 to the Present. This, this baby here is a thousand... 48 pages, right? Mm. Again, we're not talking about pamphlets. Right? We're not talking about pamphlets. We're talking about 1,048 pages documenting the history of the United States from 1607 to the present. My favorite part of this book, my favorite part of this book is the last section, chapters 37, if I'm not mistaken, 37 to the end, where Dakai and Ife discuss computer automated machine production. I've seen nobody else discuss that in relation to African people. Computer automated machine production. What is computer automated machine production? What do you do when the machine is producing the product that's being sold on the market? And the workers out of work because the machine has taken the job. What does that mean for black people, African people who are in the service industry, in the manufacturing industry in this country? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for us in this country? And what does that mean for us as we develop new nations? How do we use the technology to our advance? That's the beauty of box squared for me. And again, it's box squared, not box two, it's an equation, right? Fourth book in the sequence, the fourth book is SIBA. This book here is SIBA, a researcher's first manual. This goes to goes through approximately 11, 11 to 12 different research methods, right? How to do proper research. Me quoting UNC is not a research method. Me copying and pasting what Rujal writes is not a research method. Me appealing to authorities or scholars is not a research method. There's a proper way to do research that most of our people are missing. Therefore, they don't even know how to get the information that they say they seek to better themselves, which will skew the whole result. You're sitting there with information and you've not done the proper research, get it, the information itself is wrong in your hand. You follow me? And so that's SIBA. The yeah. other book that I don't have in front of me is research. I got it right here, brother. What is that? Research, how to plan, organize, and carry out research. That book is a book of charts and graphs, which is a companion book to SIBA, a research first manual. So that's book four and five. Book four, books one through four, you can put it down. Huh? Books one through four are fundamental texts to the rest of the sequence. Books one through four, my I, African Time, Box Square, and Seba are the cornerstones for everything else. We deal with your heart with, with my eye. We deal with your head with African Time and Box Square. And we deal with your hands with Seba. So before you teach a person what to do, you have to evaluate their morality. You have to evaluate their character. If I teach a, a degenerate how to split an atom, he's going to create a bomb. If I teach a righteous person how to split an atom, they're more than likely to use that to find ways to create energy to help people out. So morality and character comes before intellect. The fifth, sixth book from there, from Seba, we have what? We have study teams. Well, we have box squared, the study guide, right? It's the mm -hmm. study guide to box squared because the book is so packed full of information and concept that you need a study guide to go with it, right? Mm -hmm. So a study guide was produced to help the reader understand better what they're reading. And then you have the book study teams. So 
Is that clear through there? Yeah, yeah. We can see that. Mm -hmm. yep. Study teams. So after you have read these six books, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six uncans. After you read those six books, you're sitting there by yourself and say, I now have an understanding. Let me get somebody else so we can get on the same page. And so you formulate study teams, right? Uh, build research and publishing teaching teams. And so now you have five to six, five to seven people studying as a team towards a purpose and not a book club, right? So it's an organized way to study information towards a goal. From there, you have survival organizations. Now that we've studied this thing, right? We have an understanding of what's going on. What do we do about it? Well, you begin the survival mechanism because now that you study, you have a greater understanding of your culture. You begin to pull away from the culture that's dominating you and begin to build the culture that will uplift you. And you do that from a, from a basis of survival, not from the basis of how to get rich, right? And so things like co-opting, right? Things like rehabbing older homes. So you don't, there's no need to pay $200,000 for a house. You can pay $100,000 for a house, put $20,000 in it, and you have an excellent home. The thing, uh, uh, community farms and things of that nature are discussed in survival organizations, right? How to remove yourself from the system that you're in to a system of sustenance and then move away from this system totally. In survival organizations. That, that's that's this book. So we're on book seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So now we're on book number nine. We had two copies of survival. Then after you do that, how do you replicate that? Right? To replicate that, that's what I'm missing. That's what I'm missing. K through 12 education. So in K through 12 education, you set up the teaching institution, the school. K through 12 education, would y'all throw up the whole screen with, with all the books? Yep, you got you. 12 education deals with how to set up a Saturday school, how to set up an after school program, how to set up a charter school, how to set up a private school, how to set up a um, how to function within the public school system. That's K through 12 education. So there are methods and processes that are that are that have been, I don't know if refined is the right word, but that have been mastered by Dakai and Ife, who are actually in those systems. They ran school, junior kind of set up a junior college. Right. And how to function within the university. That's that's our next step, how to create a university. Um, we're in the process of creating a university. It takes time. Right. It takes time and resources to create a university worth your people attending. That's K through 12. That's K through 12 education. From there, you have the teaching teams. Right. Build it and they will come. Yes. But to come to do what? Right. And come how? And so the teaching teams is the text that you use to teach the teachers to teach in the university, to teach in the high school, to teach in the after school program. And so the teachers have to be taught how to teach the very information that they've gathered from the other books in the institutions that you have. And so you institutionalize everything you read up to this point so it can be replicated, right? It does no good for me to read these books on my own if I can't replicate it, if I'm just lecturing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just lecturing, going around the country talking and talking to audiences of 10,000, 5,000, 1,050, or 50, or 25 people, that is not replication, right? That's not a good organized way to replicate yourself and, and to move this information forward. It has to be institutionalized. The book itself doesn't institutionalize. The book itself may, may um, canonize it, right? But the institution is what allows you to replicate the, the, the knowledge base. And so I don't know what number we're on right now. So that was teaching teams. From teaching teams, that moves you to what must be done, right? 
-hmm. got the institution, right? We got the institution. The institution's in place. We got the teachers teaching. Everybody's on the same page. We have a, 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 a united body of people. Let's say we got 40, 45 people, right? Okay. That's all the question comes, hey, Pop, after all this black stuff, what am I going to do? <laughs> what's next, right? <laughs> what's next? So instead of titling what's next, we said, as opposed to the question is, what must be done as a statement, as opposed to a question, as opposed to what should we do? This is what you do. In this text, we're saying what to do with all that information, right? And so this book currently sits at the apex of the other 15, of the other, because it's, it's an action text. And saying that leads me to say this. All of our texts are applied texts at their foundation. We're not writing for a, uh, a quote unquote philosophical means. We're writing to apply the information, right? Information to be used. I, I jumped and missed two other texts. Take your time, brother. And so from, well, I'm on the time limit, right? And so from African time, from African time, you have outline of Africa's history to the 20th century, right? Yeah, that's the, that's like the, the smaller version of it, right? Well, you say, we say a primer, right? Okay. In outline, you have names and dates. And wow. so if you want to get to something that happened quick, so here we go, on page 198, uh, Railroad by William Steele, the, the 1873, April 14th, the Slaughterhouse Case Supreme Court voted five to four to now the reading of the 14th Amendment. Mm -hmm. On page 76, you have, uh, I can't read the name. On page 77, complete foreign domination, invasion, and destruction of Greco-Roman, Alexander of Macedonia. So it's a it's a more like bullets in the outline. So we, we call it a primer, right? That's a companion text. This is a companion text for African time. Outline, United States Historical Development, 1492 to present. This is a companion text for Box Square. So Box Square has two companion texts. This is the outline of what happened in America, right? In the same format as the other outline text. And from there, we have the book per unk, African House. The book per unk is at its basis, we're using we're using Amar's book, 2000 Seasons, as a jump off point. And this is a companion text to Ma'at. So we, we further explore the moral idea and the moral praxis in Peruk, House of Life, uh, without the historical, so a detailed historical backdrop and without the, uh, the wisdom teachings. This is a more personal, uh, how do you say more personal uh, exploration, more internal exploration than my eye in itself? So this text, this text is 133, 132, 133 number page, but 132 pages. And so that that's the 16 texts. Did I miss anything? Those are the 16 no. texts, right? Which the poster, the poster is something that we were using in about 19. In 1990, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just an affirmation that you can put in your house. Love self, hold it right here. Love mm -hmm. self first. First know yourself, love and respect yourself. Then you can know and love and respect others. Number one, right? Number one is first to love yourself. Number five, my art first. First make your heart perfect and then you can develop your mind and body, right? 
again, to the, the core principles. We have Africa on the poster presented that way. You can put it down. Huh? We have Africa presented that way on the poster is to ask you to ask you the question, what is your perspective? How are you seeing the world? Because white people, the white controlling class of this country, the white man, whatever you want to call them, right? The European has us walking around upside down and backwards, right? <laughs> walking around upside down and backwards. The way we view the world is the opposite of the way we used to be the world, view the world. The way we move through the world, it's opposite today as the way we used to move through the world. And so that image is there to, to, to stoke you to ask the question, why is that Africa presented that way? Africa, as a, as a mass on this planet, does not present itself like that, right? Mm -hmm. It presents itself, if you return the poster, upside down. Africa, as a mass, presents itself like that on the planet. Our ancestors in Engine and around the rest of the globe knew North and South as we know North and South today. New East and West as we know East and West today. And so some people make the, the error thing that's the original representation of Africa. That's not the original representation of Africa. Our ancestors knew the geography of the region that they lived in, right? They knew that the Nile River wasn't west of, right? They knew the Somalia was on the west, wasn't west, it was on the east side. You follow me? So absolutely. What where we are right now, right? Where we are right now, 2018. I've been waiting. 20 years for this text, and I'm standing on my tippy toes. I'm so excited, right? We've, I've been waiting 20 years for this text to come out that the Ka is writing. Ka philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. This man told me, told me about this about 20 years ago. I said, what is this? This is a text that deals with the philosophy of our people, right? Mm -hmm. and so it's dealing with the, the, at one point he said it was, whites have it as the dialectics, the unity and struggle of opposites, but they miss the regression before the leap, right? Mm -hmm. And so you always see a contraction before you see an expansion. Mm -hmm. And then as I begin to study our people, you see that's natural. You see that's not any of us that, that have ever witnessed a childbirth, right? Mm -hmm. We see the push, the pull, the push, the pull, the push, the pull, then the birth, right? And so philosophically, Asar was alluding to, our people understood something philosophically as we observe nature. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm stoked for that book to come out. Right? You and me I'm both. Stoked for that book. Big pardon? I said you and me both, brother. Bruh. And then the 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 the, the book before that, um, you know, the Kai is a statisticianist and a researcher. And so as you see, about five of the texts deal with research, right? Deal with how to get information, how to process that information. And so there's another book coming out. I think it's about uh, uh, nine, 600 to 900 pages, The Art of Research, right? Mm -hmm. Article says, I can't tell you anything but the titles to those books, right? Because right. The guy, are writing those books. These are the people that are, are putting in the work to writing those books. But you have to think 20 years of work, right? 20 years of study to be able to produce a volume to move our people forward. Mm. Now, Yara, I know that you, you said a lot. I mean, you, you took us through an entire outline and history of your books. Could you could you just direct our audience to where 
we can find those titles just in case someone wants to jump on and pick up one of those books. Why don't you just give the audience a brief um, directions on how to get to those books? Uh, well, John, correct me wrong. It's you go to UKMT Press on Facebook, and that'll take you to our our store. Uh, you click on any image. You say you click on show all. And that'll take you to all of the text, except for the newest two. I'm gonna put those up tonight with the with the blank um, with the blank image, just with the titles. And so people can pre-order the the newest texts that are coming out that are due out uh, December 2018, right? Okay. If and I so UKMT Press on Facebook will take you to our store. You click on the um, uh, See More tab, and to show all the text. And then from the, all the text, you click on one of the text and you can purchase the text. If I, if, if I may interject. Going, it's in the, it's in the I, uh, description of yeah. tonight's show. It's in yeah. the description of tonight's show. Yeah. Let, me, let me put it in a little bit of perspective. You have a, a book that's a thousand pages, right? The book could easily be 1,500 pages, right? We increased the font to a, to a, 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 a respectable size, right? We're we being disrespectful with the font size, right? That book could easily cost $200. Right. Easily cost two hundred dollars. But we didn't price it at that. We priced it at a point where our people could get it that want to move themselves forward. Right. None of our books are priced over fifty dollars because we did that intentionally so that any black person that wants to get these texts can get the text. We have people overseas buying these texts. They're paying fifty dollars for the book and thirty five dollars for shipping to get one book. We priced it so our people can move themselves from our current condition to the condition that are better ourselves. And so that that leads me right to, to again, to the car who, who's on here. These, these newest texts, I'm just, let me get to. Um, no, you won't. No, you won't. No, I'm playing with you. Look, we want, we want to kind of uh, move forward a little bit and get mm -hmm. to uh, um, a brother, um, the car. But first of all, I'd be uh, remiss if I did not uh, shout out uh, if I kill him a gyro. Brother Dakar's wife. Uh, she's an integral part of what y'all do at our comedic press. And I met her, a lovely black woman, uh, very educated and dedicated to African people. So let me give a shout out uh, to that sister. Absolutely. Uh, where, where you at, uh, Doc? Hey, sir. How you just doing, man? Yeah, just listening to you all. And um, so far, I certainly appreciate what has occurred. I mean, just meeting you all years ago. Uh, and certainly um, meeting most of y'all personally, directly, um, you know, has been one of the most important stages in my life because I have been struggling trying to find the scientific aspect of our work in the community. I had not seen it for about 20 years. Hmm. I see mixtures of it. I mean, there are people who, who pray and do nothing. Then there are pre people who pray and do a little something, but they do more praying. Then there are people who do a lot and they, they pray and meditate after they do a lot. And then there are people who may not pray at all, but they do a lot. And I'm in the group of the last two. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned about works first. And so, you know, I was missing a lot of that for my first, you know, I'm in my late fifties now, but my first 20, 30 years, we had to, um, you know, deal with people, young people, Yara was one of them, just students, and bring them through a process. Because most of our older folk would just 
tied down by Islam, Christianity, Judaism, you know, religions and systems of the people who enslaved us. And so I couldn't get much work done. And I'm talking about in the African Center movement now. And so very clearly we um, had to plan our works. And what you see is the culmination of plans that were made 30 years ago. You know, when we were sitting in those graduate school meetings, I know some of you all have been in schools and you know how people are sitting in those meetings and and uh, study groups and, and saying what they're gonna do. And then you look 20 years later and they didn't do any of the things that they said they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I made certain when I was younger that I kept good notes, began the process of keeping journals and used that journal keeping to get through school and also to um, organize my ideas over years. And so what has happened is we've studied with a lot of different groups, but I must say, you know, being around Amin Ra squad has been something that's pushed us forward. I, I really appreciate Waju's work, written work. I appreciate ASAR's written work. I, every chance I get, I let people know about that. Uh, Sanjeti, I do cer- certainly appreciate your teachings. And I want us to continue to put stuff on paper. It's most important to do that. I was given a few minutes to talk about two projects that literally are the close, the close of our system um, of ideas. You know, there are 21 books that we planned over the years and um, we're on number 18 now. And so these two last books will be the, large, the last two large books that are written. I, I just think that you, you don't write them overnight. You do the work over years, and then at some point you pull aside the time to pull together the work you put together. That's how it works. Most people think that you sit down writing a 900-page book and you know in one sitting, and you don't. You do the pieces over years, and you know, and then at some point you get the time to pull it together and do the editing and and, and do it that way. Uh, so I know Asar knows what I'm talking about, but what has to happen is we had to. Uh, really build up to a book called The Art of Research. Uh, I taught statistics research methods for 20 years, university system, mainly the PhD and master's students. And so I could have published my lecture notes years ago, but that's not going to help us because those lecture notes would be on such a level that most people wouldn't understand what's being presented. So it takes time to to, um, break down what's presented in the way that uh, ASAR does. ASAR does a wonderful job of breaking things down in a in a pace, a slow pace. You make a good, good, good professor, sir. I, I was just going to say that ahead of time. Uh, Waju does an excellent job, also. But I had to t- take about ten years to to get my mind right to do the art of research. Ife helped with this one, so it's going to be a joint project. Close out. Um, this is a book that really sums up about 20 research designs with diagrams. I've actually handed out some of the diagrams to a few of you all, so you pretty much know what we're doing. And um, they're process diagrams. And so it means in substance, the book ends up being about 900 900 pages. We're around 1,000 right now, but we're cutting down, trying to condense. Mm-hmm. So it'll end up being around 900 pages. And it will be out at the end of December, first of January, even though it would be a, a copyright date of January, it certainly will come out in December around holiday time. This is one for people who are doing, you know, undergraduate research, uh, master's, PhD, 
dissertations. You don't have to be in a university to do a dissertation. You can do a, a major research study and make it your dissertation. This is my dissertation for all the years I've been out of school. This is uh, mine in phase. So the art of research is uh, a high level, but uh, condensed summary of all the work we've done over the 30 years in, um, in, uh, in our classes. So that's one to get. But the more important work, I didn't say that one first because this is the one that um, literally has kept me alive in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, I lost a close friend of mine uh, last year. Her name was T. Isabor. She had changed it from T. Burr. I didn't even know her until three years ago, two years ago, two and a half. Like Asar, like Ankh, all the others, I didn't even know. But just like her, um, you all are made of something. And that's important to me, substance, quality. And so she was a great person. I wish more people had known her. But I had been struggling with this book, um, Ka, Philosophy and Methods, because it's so hard to write. Similar to Ma'at, Ma'at was hard to write the first sections of it because you're trying to condense a lot of information into a few pages but at the same time maintain some type of um, clarity about morality and ethics. Well, philosophy is a lot different because you're dealing with a warring, a war that's going on right now in our community around science and spirituality or materialism and idealism. Those are at the foundation, those categories at the foundation of thought is the thing uh, material or is it an ideal? Is, is the thing matter or is it spirit? <laughs> and we're dealing with that right now. And I was telling Octus some time ago that, um, you know, I'm very happy this is happening because we are actually about three or 400 years behind the rest of the world. Just yeah. getting to this <laughs> because the rest of the world, the Europeans went through their reformation hundreds of years ago, and right behind that, they had a renaissance because they were able and smart enough to separate the two and let them grow, you know, and not let religion stand on top and destroy science. They were smart enough to get that done. So now you can go to Notre Dame University, Catholic school, and they have the highest levels of science being taught in that, those schools, that university, because they're smart enough to make sure that science is a tool that can be utilized to push forward the human uh, human uh, development. So yeah, this philosophy uh, and method of Ka, which is what I'm calling it, Ka square, because we have to put a square by it because we can't say we're using the same thing that Kemet used uh, you know, three, 4,000 years ago. We can't say that 4,000 years ago we are actually advancing it. And so I'm gonna read the sections that it has um, out. It's 42 chapters. Right now it's 996 pages. My goal is to have it down to like 850 next by next month. I already have marked off the areas that got to be cut down. Uh, and so it's uh, 42 chapters. 
996 pages. As I said before, we'll have it down, have it down to 850 by um, the, the middle of December when it you know goes to goes to sale. There are eight uh, parts to it. The first one is is dealing with matter and uh, spirituality or spirit. It's dealing also with um, science and spirit. It's disgusting. Uh, I think uh, ASAR has been a, doing an excellent job of teaching about matter. You know, does spirit exist outside of matter? I mean, it should be simple for a scientist, very, very simple. <laughs> but most people don't get that. They think that a spirit can exist outside of matter. And so they're calling matter, excuse me, calling spirit energy as if energy could exist outside of matter or as if energy is not a property of matter. So many people are, are, are thoroughly confused about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that ASAR is dealing with it, but I was working on this for about 30 years, trying to find a way to explain <laughs> it. And now you all are talking about it. And I'm just actually inspired by the discussion you all are having, Waju and Ankh, and just really appreciating um, ASAR and the way in which you're teaching this. But I have a about a major section of that introdu introducing the book. There's a, a part one, which is the basis and infrastructure of Kemet's uh, uh, civilization. I go through that one, and it's important to show what they built. You see, what happens with history is you you see what they say the Greeks wrote, and you know we don't have the authentic documents that the Greeks wrote. We have the documents that the Arabs translated and said it with the Greeks writing it. We don't have the, the uh, Greek writings, most of them. Most of Aristotle's works, we don't have the authentic document that he was supposed to have, <laughs> supposed to have written a thousand books. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> but we have the translations then translated back to, to English um, later on. But I do go through a summation of what Kemet built with this map, built with this uh, geometry, built with this uh, writing, able to the ability to write in a scientific manner, built with this engineering, built with this hydraulic understanding of water and dams, etc. We have summed up what they built. In order to build those things, they had to have an understanding of science. They had to have an understanding of engineering. Uh, physics, chemistry, biology, they had an understanding of these things in order to build this. So I go through that process, laying the foundation for the book. That's part one. Part two, I then deal with the ideological reflection of that, meaning in our philosophies, uh, what was called cosmology, philosophy, theory, and methods of thought. I do go through that uh, in a detailed way. These two chapters, these two parts, excuse me, are based on Sheikh Ante Diop's work, uh, Civilization and Barbarism, and obviously a four or five hundred other summaries of footnotes that come right up in there. And then uh, then the, the ideological reflection, which is the philosophy, the cosmology, method, and theory, that's tied directly to his protege, uh, 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 Obinga, Dr. Obinga. I use his foundational book, uh, African Philosophy, the Foreign Period, and four or five other books that he, mm -hmm. that he had produced. I use those as a foundation for that along with other work. 
but you, you then get a feel for what we were able to accomplish laying the foundation for the study of the unity and struggle of opposites. We're calling an aspect of Ka. We move from that to um, part four, which is transmission, meaning how did this information get translated, transferred, and then um, transmitted into Western civilization and they're using it, they have it. And then you leave Kemet with not the ability to read and write, you leave them with not the ability to build a, a boat, a ship. They couldn't even build a paddle boat after the whites finished with them. They were building uh, ocean liners 5,000 years ago, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. You find them inside of the tombs of the, um, excuse me, inside of the pyramids. They were building boats, huge boats, excuse me, ships. When the, when the Arabs and the whites finished with them, they couldn't even build a paddle boat. This is what had happened. They had lost everything. Engineering, they were the first to build these major stone buildings, skyscrapers. When the Arabs finish with them, they're not even able to build a mud hut. So you see how the cannibalism process took place in Kemet, which was the most advanced civilization in the world at the time for at least 3,000 years. How that shakedown ended up with what we call thought matter being transmitted, translated, transferred to the whites and Arabs. You know, Arabs come into that region with nothing but war abilities, force, ability to, to uh, invade and destroy. They didn't bring intellect. They had nothing. They had just learned how to write, read and write. They had just learned how to write. And so they end up with people saying that there was a moment for about 900 years that they were leading the world in science and technology. And I'm laughing because where did they get this thought matter from, which was not theirs? Thought matter comes from practice. Mm -hmm. you, can't write, you can't write about building a car that works unless you built one, you see? And once you built it, then you can write the theory of building a car, meaning because you built it, it's summed up practice. Well, when someone comes in and takes information about building that car and have never built it, what they're doing then is transferring something you have proven in practice. It's called uh, literally science. You've proven that you built that car in practice, the science of building a car. Someone takes the, takes the written version that you left, translates it, and then starts building cars and then tells the world that they, they are the people who started building cars. This is what happened with Greece and Rome and, the, and Arabia, etc. This is what we have to explain to people. You know, as scientists, we can explain that to you. We call it transmission, the transmission process, the transfer process. If you come forward to China, you think of what is called re reverse engineering. That's what they call it in China. China is the smartest country in the world, literally to me, because they were smart enough to see capitalism was in crisis and they could just bring those whites over there, let them work on the coast, let them set up buildings, uh, send their uh, PhD people in as uh, basic workers, learn how to build that building, learn how to build that car, learn how to build that computer, and then take it back to the inst internal, excuse me, inside interior of the country and then start building that same process with Chinese materials. That's what they did. Well, that's what the Greeks 
the Romans and the Arabs did to us, you know, two to 3,000 years ago. They transmitted our scientific uh, information and transferred it into their translation, into their uh, own culture and build. Okay, uh, part five, critique and sublation of African Senate philosophy. I'm gonna sum up the last uh, 30 years of what has happened, why I can say so honestly. I told um, Asar this, uh, I, I think I told him this in Messenger that it's so good to see, because he's claimed to be in the African Senate movement, uh, it's so good to see a young man, a young people, uh, being the scientific aspect of these, this movement, because I thought it was lacking. I didn't see anything in there or that claimed that. I know Diop never claimed to be African Center, but I never saw anything in there that was a scientific poll. I just saw a mixture of everything, just confusing to me. I'm happy that ASAR is actually standing out in that way. So I do critique and sublate. Sublate means take the best of something. I do take the best of the African Senate philosophy and move it forward, just as I did with the Greek. Number six, part six deals with Ka philosophy and method, meaning Ka without the square, meaning what Kemet was doing. I sum that up based on what they left, the information that they left about what they were doing and actually the way their societies were set up to show you the unity and struggle of opposites that they had set up in the very foundations of their society. <laughs> Even the upper and lower summation about the country being put together by two opposites, upper and lower Kemet, uh, tells you that they really understood this unity and struggle of opposite quite well. And then part seven, so I'm closing out. Part seven, I actually transition Ka philosophy into a method. And that means it becomes Ka square method. That's why the book is entitled Ka square philosophy and method, because we transition it from just being a discussion of a philosophy of how to build a car to the actually a method of building the car, getting the parts together, knowing which parts fit, knowing how uh, it will work, test running it, all of that. So we end up at cost square method. And that's a whole section about 100 pages. Uh, hopefully I explained that well. It took me 33 years to get here. So I hope that I am able to explain that as well as the time I put into it. Number eight and final chapter uh, deals with preparing as Kemet did persons who get this kind of information uh, for the work. And, and, uh, and uh, Yara brought it up about and it's how important it is to know what a person's morality and ethics is. I mean, what they're made of, what substance they're made of, so that you don't put stuff in their hands that they will destroy people with, or at least destroy our people with. And so the uh, part eight deals with preparation for car scientists and spiritualists, which is probably the most important chapter of the book, I wish I could have started, excuse me, part of the book, because it's three chapters there. Um, I wish I could have started the book with that, but if most of you all read our projects, you know we process-oriented, meaning we, we try to follow our process. Like a baby being born, we don't start the baby at 13 years old and start talking backwards. We start 
at the conception process, show how that occurs, and then show fetus to embryo all the way up to an infant. We show all of that. And so that's why our books are always uh, lined up in an order that a person can follow it. So if they start debating and arguing, we, we already have it in this order. So again, in closing, this is the hardest one for me. I had some help, Ife helped me. I actually put in the, um, I actually put in acknowledgements, all of you all. Uh, I, I did that uh, three weeks ago, even before you called me. <laughs> I, I thought about how you all, I mean, Amin Squad, how you all inspired me as young people. You all are at the age when I knew I was tired, meaning in substance in my early 30s, 40s, and I needed uh, to get energy to move forward. This is um, this is where I was at, and, and now you all are just like, like thoroughbreds, running out here, getting this information in place, and fighting very hard for positions that you know we, we're gonna need uh, in, in this, this battle. Because again, I brought up the point that we're like 30 to four, excuse me, 300 to 400 years behind the world. China just got itself together in, eight, in 1945, but they had to have the Boxer Rebellion in 1908 to figure out that you can't go in there with karate and kick <laughs> all that with somebody standing there with a gun. So Mao Zedong came up with the saying, you know, revolution comes from the barrel of a gun. And so they had to not only learn how to make guns before they could make them, they had to get take them from the people they were killing. And they had to reverse engineer those guns, make them from scratch, and then later on, you know, be able to take more from the people who were coming, bringing the weapons with them, kill them and take their weapons. And then from there, build from there. We got to get better at learning how to learn from people who have won and using what they have done to win, I'm closing, and, and, and getting ourselves in the position where these discussions don't end up being personal. This is what I've not liked about our discussions. Black folk, when you start discussing science and spirit, they can't become personal. You see, every, other people have gone through this and got it right. The whites got it right. The Asians have gotten it right. We have got to get it right. And so this is what I'm saying about being, uh, in summary, being happy to be around you all at this stage because I see that young people have learned. You all are learning. I'm in my late 50s. I don't have many more uh, long books to write. Right now, once the books are written, it's just, it's called implementation. We have to move from the book to practice in our communities. And this is what I'm seeing unfolding in, uh, in, in this period. But thank you all for the time. If there's some questions down the road in the future, I'll answer them, but thank you again. Oh wow. yeah, that's, oh, go ahead, Naya. Wow, thank you, that was just awesome. I mean, you just dropped so many jewels. Um, I just wanted to allow for any of our panelists, I'm a raw squad to jump in and ask some questions or, you know, comment on everything that um, Takar said. So Asar, Ankh, Sinjeti, do, do anybody have any questions at this point, reflecting on what he just said? Oh, man, I'm, I'm just glad it's people in the world uh, to think like me. A lot of times people think I'm just back crazy out my mind. 
have no soul. I don't have no spirit. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, I've learned from uh, the problems of the past. And I always knew that this path I was going to be on was going to make a lot of enemies and disappoint a lot of my friends. So to have you step up, uh, you and Yara in particular, uh, want to meet me. And let me come out and talk to you. See the arsenal of books y'all had. You know what I'm saying? It was very, very inspiring. And I knew that if all my friends left me, I had something that could back me up no matter what. And so I've been taking this walk, man. And, and I'm going to keep the walk going because diversity rules today. And, yeah. you know, so if we all thought alike, then we'd be in trouble. But I, I'm going to stick to the full clothing and shelter and protection of that. And, and, and I'm so glad for SARS work that backs that up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I ain't gonna take too long on that, but look, I'm gonna stay on my path and I appreciate the brothers and sisters that have authored works. Uh, I, I don't have a question. <clears throat> I do have a comment and I wanna say, uh, uh, Dr. Majors, <laughs> I wanna say thank you for Everything that you done, you do and contribute, uh, brother Yahra and your wife uh, Ife, um, and all that you you do, and uh, brother Yahra, the way you laid out, or the way that you all have actually wrote the books and how you laid it out, the chronology of the books, um, they fit, they fit into a system, <clears throat> and uh, like how you said, uh, you start the process from conception to death basically you know you walk the you walk through the process and the way that you all have written you, the books is also pushing through a a process and uh you have to appreciate that people have to appreciate that and um and see i met you uh in person and you're not a small person you know <laughs> <laughs> and so uh your size matches your 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 mental size your you know i know that you have uh done professor work uh with schools and everything and when I met you, uh, it it matches the work that you that you've done. Your your you know just uh, um, your persona and um, and how you are in, in person as a person. You know, I just I want to make that um, uh, comment. So it was a pleasure to meet you and um, and be in your presence and to actually well, read your work. Well, thank you, and, and likewise, uh, likewise, I I'm, I'm humble by meeting young people like yourself and ASAR and just humble Sanjeti, just humble by meeting you all because I know how hard it is in this period to keep a clear mind with all this mess around us. You know, I, I was fortunate because I ran into some scientific minds quite early. I started off in physics and saw how I had to get this security clearance to work for the white man. So I had, knew I couldn't stay in that. <laughs> I was out of there in about a year and a half. So I had to leave that. So um, I moved to statistics, research methods, demography. And so I followed through with that. But having said that, I have not met young people of your, you all's quality in my past, even students who stuck to things. I've, I've been around smart students, but I have not been around smart students who cared about our people in the way that they, that they should, because I knew as soon as they got those degrees, they would be out <laughs> trying to get paid and they would not even be thinking about the things 
that we have discussed in detail. But I see you all are not only thinking about the things, Naya, uh, but you all are doing the things, Unc. I mean, this is what I'm, I'm proud of. And so you have to keep doing that. You're going to run into uh, difficulties, as we did, uh, but we have to keep working. You notice you never see our name out the first 20 to 25 years. Did not go out there. We kept working in the community. What you see from our books is the work that we did. We actually tested it. You know, I, I know ASAR does an excellent job of explaining science. Science is tied directly to a hypothesis being tested to establish a theory. And so you have to see whether it works. And so that's what I had to do. That's what we had to do. We had to see whether certain things worked before we began to put it on paper. So you won't see anything that we wrote for the first 15, 20 years, except the technical stuff that we wrote you know, in these institutions. And that was scanty. We, we certainly make certain that we only stuck, stuck to the, um, the letter of the law in that. So I'm closing in saying that I really appreciate you all. And that's why I'm, um, I'm able to you know, spend the time that I spend with you all. I, I really don't do it with other people. Uh, I do want to say this. Um, as I mentioned earlier, but just to be clear, uh, the books, the link for the website for University of Kemet Press is in the description to this video. So if anyone want, was asking about where could they uh, get the materials and get the books, the link is at the bottom of this video inside the description. And I'm actually showing the website live right now on the screen. Uh, where you can get all the books as the brother Yahweh said all of the books are below fifty dollars which is amazing for books that you're talking about that's well over a thousand pages i mean that I, I call them bricks you know <laughs> when uh the car came to atlanta and set up uh, on a table it looked like he had <laughs> stacks of bricks on the table <laughs> with uh a uh, timeline and box squared and so on but uh that's the that's the website so so you all um can get the link at the bottom of the video Thank you, Ujabu. Anybody else, um, Asar or Sanjeti, you guys want to add to the conversation? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I you know, want to continue to say, you know, that uh, University of Kimmel Press and, you know, Yara, Taka Kilajara um, has been foundational in my approach to how information is relayed. You know, and I love the, the model on saying that, you know, you need to start with character, you know, and this book is, is really fundamental in, you know, how I relate information to people. You know, I'm very, very careful of my words, um, <clears throat> you know, and more particularly in the book, The 21 Daily Routines uh, from 267 uh, to 269. Uh you know, of course, I'm not going to uh, read through it, but it does talk about, you know, uh, being direct and honorable and open-mindedness, having open-mindedness. You know, so when I'm having conversations with people, especially in with uh, controversial topics, you know, that will challenge their perception of reality. You know, us as a presenter or a teacher. We have a responsibility on the words that were, are coming out of our mouths, you know, and, you know, being understanding of the other person. And, you know, it's not just about, oh, I just want to give them the information, no matter how they feel about it. 
okay? Because you have to take into consideration the experiences of the person you're talking to, you know? So by using this book, my eye, you know, I've been able to, you know, at least advance myself, you know, and I've tried, I've tested this out, you know, on, on people and, you know, in teaching them out of nature right now, um, I have students who are, uh, who have been in, you know, the legacy per se, you know, for a number of years and some of them are priests, you know, so what kind of a personality does it take or approach does it take to approach people who are your elders and then they come under your tutelage, you know, just, you know, on that particular topic of matter of nature, as opposed to saying to them, well, you don't know nothing. You should have this, you should have that, you know, that's not the best approach, but by using character, good character, um, I've been able to accomplish a lot more with people by using the character to guide how the knowledge and information is being brought across. So, uh, you know, again, this work, very, very foundational, you know, and the other works always recommended them, you know, um, especially with African time, African people are, reality starts with the beginning of the universe. It doesn't just start with earth. But when we have those conversations, it needs to come from a place of being well-informed, okay? So that's what I appreciate about the book is one thing to say, oh, we come from the stars, we're spiritual people, okay? But do you understand what spirit is? Do you, do you understand what the universe is, you know? So that's why I do appreciate the presentation by our brother, sorry, Motep, um, meaning the post that uh, some of the brothers have been making. You know, and especially the foundation of books from University of Chemical Press. So, mm -hmm. thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, can y'all hear me? Yes, mm -hmm. yes indeed. Um, All righty. Um, I want to kind of jump a little bit back to what uh, Kai has been, uh, Doctor uh, Kilimanjaro has been um, speaking on, and I, I just wanted to highlight two books. Um, you know, many of y'all have seen me or heard me advertise this book. It's called Tribes mm -hmm. by Joel Kotkin. Got it. And, and it is subtitled, How Race, Religion, and Identity Determine Success in the New Global Economy. And so he identifies, quote-unquote, five tribes who... He believes, based on uh, the evidence of his research, would ultimately, you know, dominate in the 20th, 21st century. And so they, his, his five tribes, quote unquote, are the British, the uh, Japanese, Chinese, the Indians, and the Jews. And so he doesn't, of course, name any African people. Uh, in this, <laughs> but uh, as a basis for his, and I got wind of this book by reading Blueprint for Black Power. So uh, this was one of his sources. So I went in, you know, I, I read people's sources, not gain their source material, so I can get a greater context of what inspired them to say what they say. So uh, 
on pages four and five, he talks about the three criterion in which all of these five tribes had in common that were the fundamental characteristics for their success. And he says, number one, a strong ethnic identity and sense of mutual dependence that helps the group adjust to changes in the global economic and political order without losing its essential unity. Number two, or the second characteristic, a global network based on mutual trust that allows the tribe to function collectively beyond the confines of national or regional borders. But it's the third characteristic. The other two, of course, are, are very important, and I, I wouldn't put them I wouldn't put them in a hierarchy, one above the other. However, in relation to the conversation and the information that uh, Dr. Kilimanjaro brought to the conversation, I think this is very relevant to this discussion. And the third characteristic being a passion for technical and other knowledge from all possible sources, combined with an essential open-mindedness that fosters rapid cultural and scientific development critical for success in the late 20th century world uh, economy this was written in the 90s 20th century. and so it was this passion for technical and other knowledge from all possible sources this is very key because you you find a lot of people in our community talking about that white man science or uh well, that didn't originate in africa so we're not dealing with it but everyone is succeeding because of their open-mindedness to uh, information that works no matter where it comes from. And so this leads me to the second book, <laughs> uh, which is Great African Thinkers, Shekhanta Diop, edited by Ivan Van Sertima. Many of y'all may have seen this, Journal of African Studies. Um, there was an interview done by, what's his name? Uh, hold on real quick, let me just flip a few pages. And so, uh, Shauna Moore. And it doesn't give the specific, yes, yeah, it does. Uh, it was in 1976. This interview was originally appeared in Black Books Bulletin, number four, pages 30 through 37 of that text, copyright 1976. So, on page, pages 276 and 277 of great African thinkers, um, Afroscope asked him a question. And the question was, is that to say, of course, there was some more conversation going on before that, so it, it kind of feeds off of that, but just to give you the, the question that was asked, is that to say the future political, judicial, jur, uh, and economic institutions of black countries will emerge from a selective fusion of elements coming from two structures, which when they met were antithetical? Check out the Diop replies, no doubt. I don't believe we can extirpate and reject everything which came from Europe, nor do I believe that we can reestablish everything from our pre-colonial structure. Neither probability would be realistic. However, if we consider Africa as a living organism, then we must acknowledge that she is engaged in a two-way process of digestion elimination. 
Just as other organisms digest a substance and eliminate the toxic waste, societies function along similar lines. We shouldn't see this process as one in which African identity is being lost. Rather, we should understand it as a process in which African identity is being reinforced through an adaptive selective, excuse me, an adaptive selection of foreign elements. Perhaps on the individual level, we are not so conscious of the process going on, but it's a reality. Africa has always reacted in this way without ceasing to be African. Already, the Africa of today is no longer the Africa which existed before her contact with Europe. Yet Africa remains essentially herself since she is a living and distinct cultural organism which continues to develop according to her own laws. And so you can see this uh, from this early stage, even from Diop, you know, one of our great uh, intellectuals and ancestors, that you know, the, this idea that we should just go back and, and, and live and do things the same way we did it, you know, 5,000 years ago, um, 600 years ago, was unrealistic. And ultimately that it would uh, continue to keep us in a subservient position. And so he is one who advocated to be able to utilize knowledge from other spaces and adapt them to our situation um, in in Africa, you know, and, and the diaspora uh, included. And so you, we, we see this thought coming from Ukimit Press, uh, linking all this together. We see this, this thought coming from Ukimit Press that is along that same line. And, and, and now they're just showing us how, how to do it. So Diop, even with his text, Black Africa, an economic and cultural basis for a federated state, you know, was bringing these plans into fruition. Blueprint for Black Power, Dr. Amos Wilson, you know, put together a, a, a major work along these lines. But now you're getting stuff, you know, more specifically on how to actually bring those things into being. And, you know, and the, and the logic for, for why we need to question and examine, you know, everything. Uh, you know, regarding our history, you know, uh, what our claims have been and our interactions with uh, especially our enemy. And so, and of course, what do we, what needs to be done, um, you know, moving forward and, and, and things of that nature. So I see, you know, just from my own studies, uh, the, 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 the very great value in what they're doing. And I put them in that line. Uh, of individuals coming from John Henry Clark, coming from you know the the, the Asa Hilliards and 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 the Shekinah Diaz, the follow Obingas, and, uh, and, and things of that nature, in, in that particular line. And so it is a great honor to be living in this time where these types of of questions and these types of research and uh, are things are coming to the forefront. And people aren't really understanding that we have a great opportunity, you know, even though uh, our history as of recent has been very tragic, it is also, you know, an opportunity to bring about a new reality in this world. And I think that we have the means uh, to do it. And so, uh, again, I appreciate, you know, the, the, the work and, um, 
and and more so the internal logic, you know, of the of the way in which y'all approached the uh, the problems that we're facing. So I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, Asar. Thank you, Amara Squad. I think that you know everyone really, really. I can tell everyone everyone was listening. So I just wanted to really um, kind of talk about now the developmental stages for the African Renaissance because we talked about putting things into motion. So, the car I really noticed in your books, um, you follow this 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 paradigm. You follow a certain type of pattern you want us to know about our res- you want us to know about the resurrection the redemption um the reconstruction periods of every civilization reunite uh, rebirth and then again renaissance could you talk about that in terms of um african people today and how china is really a model for that because when i first came into the community i can tell you only thing i talked about was money money and we're <laughs> we need to we need to we need to re we need to go through a rebirth because we're losing we're behind so it's just a breath of fresh air to hear you say that because I don't think that we really see that we're three hundred to four hundred years behind everyone else I think that we um, have this idea that we are just on track but we're really not so could you talk about that that pattern in China and why it's important for us to have this renaissance. Yes, thank you. Um, and again, I do appreciate your thought level, you all's thought level, because some of these are difficult ideas to get across. The first thing you have to do in any situation is get an appreciation for the cycle, meaning the birth, death, and rebirth process. All societies go through it. Keep in mind that Rome collapsed and Europe said it went into a dark age. And when it came out of it, it used Rome's law, Rome's military, uh, whatever was extracted from Rome that could be built on, they used it. Kemet collapsed, but the information from Kemet did not go internally to Africa to build. The, the people who came in took it, and then they built their stuff, and they translated it into their own language, so it, it became, for them, <laughs> a clean theft. Okay, it's mine and they build everything on it. So now you see people building pyramids with, um, with solar energy panels. <laughs> and uh, you think to yourself, boy, that was building Kemet almost you know, 5,000 years ago. And uh, these white people and uh, understand that Saudi Arabia is gonna build one too. Um, they're building our stuff. And I started thinking, okay, well, why aren't we building our stuff? Because we don't know our history or not only don't know it, but we don't respect it. Having said that, China is a good model for what Africa could begin the process of doing, but it, it will be difficult. As you recall, China was split up into warring states. I wouldn't call them states, but just, you know, empires, uh, all of the 1800s and the early part of the 1900s. The whites were over there tearing up stuff, you know, running people around, got them riding them on the back. They had signs that said, uh, no dogs and Chinese allowed. In, in China, uh, they had the, I brought up the Boxer Rebellion where a test of logic took place, where the best fighters in China came forth with their martial arts and all this other stuff to take on the Europeans, and the Europeans had guns. 
and the Europeans slaughtered them. Mm. And the lesson was learned. Mao Zedong was young at that time, young, young man, a uh, librarian, when he first got into that movement. Uh, I kind of chuckle about a person stacking books ends up being the person leading a country out of the mess that they were in. But they had to clear up some things that we haven't even cleared up yet. We, you have to clear up this major debate uh, between science and spirit. It should not be even a debate. It should be let science have its parallel track of growth, inspire it, push it, get everybody involved, and let this spirit part have its parallel. It's already had it, but have its parallel place of growth and let, it, let that process unfold and keep those in unity. They're gonna stay in conflict, but keep them in unity. This is what China had to do. They had to establish the scientific pole, the materialist pole. They had to, they had to establish that. We've never established that since the fall of Kemet's um, uh, uh, old, old kingdom. The old kingdom started off with literature that shows it was materialist leading you know it was a summary it was called dualism it was a summary of spirit and science or matter and spirit but matter led you see it was in unity but that flipped over by almost a thousand years later in the literature you begin to see um, idealism begin to lead and then once that took hold it followed it throughout that history until they lost everything. And Aunt brought this up about iron, which was a, a very important discussion. You raised the question to yourself, why would Kemet lose all of what it had to populations that were almost a thousand years behind it for so long? How did that happen? You, you have to keep up with the scientists. You, you, you can't just keep up with the spirituality part. You have to keep up with what's happening in material reality. You have to keep that advanced. If you don't keep that advanced, populations will pick up on what works and they will use it against you. So I used the comment about studying what China has done in the engineering area, in the uh, federational area, which was the first thing that opened the door for it. I don't know if Africa is going to have that with the class that's in power right now in each one of these countries, the ruling classes that are in power. I don't see them sharing. I think there are gonna to have to be some revolutions in different countries in order in regions that they can link up. So you'll have regional confederations and then at some point you'll have regional federations that can be built upon. That's gonna to have to happen first. Uh, but once that happens and they're strong enough, four or five countries that form a regional federation, excuse me, confederation, then federation, then you have an opportunity to be able to defend yourself when the Europeans come. Uh, when I say come, they're already there. But when they you know, show themselves to try to put these things down, as they did in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Having said that, what we do need to do is really, once we get the political arrangements in place, figure out how to get investments in technology and infrastructure into the country along with teaching you know, in these countries. When I say teaching, I mean transmitting uh, the, the knowledge, science and technology and, and engineering into Africa quickly, as China did. What China did that was smart was 
they partnered with the Soviet Union that mm -hmm. needed a partner at the time in the 1950s, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. and um, extracted their uh, science, extracted their engineering. This is the foundation of Chinese um, revolution right now in, in those technolo technological areas. Once they got those learning situations organized with the Soviet Union and got about 20 years of it, they were able then to replicate that in different places. The biggest move they made was joining with uh, Nixon. Nixon thought they were getting something and opening the doors once the foundations had been laid. Then they were able to uh, begin the process of letting the United States come in on the coastlines, you see, and set up these little factories. And they would then exploit the labor of China, a massive labor force. And that in the process, the whites thought they were just getting profits and, 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 and doing what they do to Africa all the time. But the Chinese were sending folk to school, getting their PhDs, and then sending them into those factories. Mm -hmm. And they would go in there and model that factory. Uh, they would model the shoe factory. They would model the uh, printer factory. They would model the oven, uh, excuse me, the stove and the refrigerator factory the United States was setting up on the coastlines. They would model those things. They would then go back after three-year training sessions. The whites thought they were just, um, you know, basic workers <laughs> that they were exploiting. They would then go and plan architecturally those same buildings, set up the models, get the pieces, begin to re reverse engineer the parts, and then set up the similar factory. They were not on of quality initially, but over time they began to build quality into the cars that they produced internally. And then they started selling those cars cheaper than the whites could sell them over there and the other products. And once you have that process unfolding, you drive them out of business. And this is what's happening aside from the major cars that, you know, GM and Ford still over there. Um, my point is they had a plan. They had a system. They worked that plan. They had political control. They organized the political control to set up a, a system of education. The system of education was scientific. They did not let anything in there. I'll give you a good example of this. I was serving on a PhD committee in the early 2000 period at University of Michigan. I was sitting there in the crowd, and so they were announcing the PhDs, and so I was helping a couple of people get there, so they invited me to come. So I'm sitting up in there, and I see the stage full of Asians, and they're just announcing these people names. And then I go through the book and almost three fourths of the PhDs in physics, chemistry, biology, uh, engineering, computer science, three fourths of them were Chinese. This was in the early 2000 period. And so I saw what that move was. They send their best students over here, get them into these PhD programs in the major universities, bring them back, and then they set up schools of training engineers, of training physicists, training chemists. This is how they have accelerated catching up with the Europeans, at least in the applied area of, of the sciences. Uh, they're not leading, the Europeans still lead the world in the theoretical areas, mm -hmm. but in the applied areas of the sciences, mm -hmm. where you make stuff, 
technology out of the science based on the rules and laws of science, the Chinese are catching up and they're applying their wares around the world. Africa is just a test place for them right now. They come in, they uh, understand that infrastructures are missing. The whites won't help them. The whites won't help the, Europe, the Africans. They keep them down. So uh, Chinese, Chinese came in a, a, in the vacuum and they want to exchange minerals and aspects of land for techni technical and technological engineering infrastructure. And again, I told folk that we have got to start somewhere, but we must have a plan. We have to have a plan similar to theirs. So I'll sum up. They had to get their political house in order, and they did. They had to know that you can't have mysticism and just laying around praying and, you know, somewhere crawling around <laughs> and think you're going to defeat people. You can have that, but have the work first. Have the science first. Have that understanding of material reality first and apply that first. You can have all the other stuff. You can add that in, but don't have the other stuff first because you're going to lose. Once they won internally in their own country, mm -hmm. they began to set up the arrangements of how people could come in. Africa has not won in any of these countries. And so they even uh, loosely not have not confederated yet. Uh, and they, they need to move to that level and then regionally move to federational levels. But once they've won in those areas, they can then set up the arrangements for people to come in, but they have to have the plan model after a plan that has worked. And the most advanced plan that worked, it brought a country that was in Africa's shape, similar to Africa, up to number two or number one in the world, which is, you know, um, you, know you can argue they're one or two as far as the economic system. Uh, they've done that, and given the population, almost 2 billion people, you know that uh, they're only a decade or two away from leading the world in everything uh, tied to the engineering areas. As a matter of fact, they have the most engineers in the world right now in one place in, in China. So I end that and say, I don't think Africans that I, I see on Facebook discussing this understand what colonization was or is. I don't think they understand what happened in our history. Uh, I don't think they really have an understanding what the Arabs did to destroy North Africa and East Africa. I don't think they understand what the whites did, not only tearing up and stealing the intellectual properties of Africans and building their civilizations out of it, destroying Kemet, pushing a Kemetic civilization that built 47 story buildings out of stone to a place where you couldn't even build a mud hut on the, on the uh, Nile Valley. This is what the whites did. This is what the uh, Semitics did, Semitic populations did who came into Africa. And I don't think they understand what that means because when they discuss what's happening now with China coming in, they don't have an appreciation for what, how smart the Africans are to bring a population in that has technical capacities and we don't have it. Mm -hmm. I just showed on, on my Facebook page that almost half of the African countries don't have electricity for the populations. The, the, 500 million people have iffy to no electricity. And almost 600 million have just filthy water conditions. And almost two to 300 million, you have raw sewage flowing in the streets. You've been to Ghana, some of you have been to Ghana. 
you you talk about it, but you don't appreciate some of you don't appreciate what that means to be in this period in history using a colonial structure that the whites put in place just for them to be using the same thing they use almost 80 to 90 years ago to get rid of sewage just shows we have not moved forward in these key areas. And people talk about Nigeria and I, you know, just like you need to start asking questions about class situations there. 80% of the populations live in poverty. That's almost 200 million people in a country and almost close to 150 to 160 are close to our living poverty. And yeah. that's a good that's a good point, um, um, Dr. Kilimanjaro. What what do you think about repatriation? Because we often hear a lot of times we like to romanticize Africa. Could you talk a a, a little bit, just a short version, about rap, uh, repatriation? And do you think that African Americans can possibly explore that as a avenue of um, bringing? taking us through the renaissance and helping us yeah, yeah not as individuals uh this okay. is this is not as individuals we have to be as groups you know our team your team other teams have to come together with different skills we need architects we need chemists we need metternet language people acts uh we need persons who know physics chemistry etc we need manufacturing we need people in teams to come together and go to certain places in africa we can't go as individuals that that's just a joy ride and for anyone who's going, they're just, many of them are going just to retire. You know, they've worked here and, you know, many of them older, they come and send their uh, retirement checks over there. That's not going to solve our problem unless they're going over there with technical skills and they're willing to take the last 10, 15 years of their lives to, to try to tame, train a workforce in something they learn over here. So the argument I'm making is we have to form our teams with the best uh, uh, skilled people. Uh, we have to come together and organize ourselves, plan as we have planned with the University of Kimmin to stick to those plans and uh, finish those plans in stages uh, and then uh, and check off what we finished and then hand it over to the next generation. I'm checking off what I'm finishing, my wife and others. We're checking off what we're finishing. We're seeing you all are doing great stuff, and I can see certain areas that you can check off, especially in the um, language areas you all are can check those off because you'll be leading, you'll be leading a leading force in, in uh, pushing forward Africa and those areas along with computer science, et cetera. So I say all that to say that we shouldn't go as individuals. We have to team up over here, get a clear understanding of what a plan is, how we can plan ourselves in certain regions of Africa that are you know, showing progress and begin the process of um, building um, uh, teams that will allow us to settle uh, in the countryside and uh, construct things that will allow us to build and push forward uh, Africa in the areas that is weakest. We can't go in the areas that the Europeans are strongest, which are in the, in the metropolitan areas. They have control of those cities. The whites still control the uh, resources that go through those cities. And so you, you're not going to win that. You can't get involved in the politics of anything in that regard. You have to go to the areas that are, are least developed and uh, have your infrastructural information and um, materials in place to be able to build roads and schools and um, around those schools. I, I would take the, um, this is my closing, I would take the, um, the model from uh, um, uh, Booker T. Washington. I would take his model, except for taking money from whites. 
I would take his money, his, his model, and begin to build the school first and then build the city around it, uh, Tuskegee. I think we can plant those, uh, and I mean a revised model, I don't mean what he was doing you know, 100 some years ago. I mean an understanding that if you built universities uh, and the schools that led to them, you could train the people and what you needed them to know in order to build the city. So I would begin to say, get the teams together and prepare to utilize Thank models, models that have worked. And um, Tuskegee worked. It, it just had a problem with the money they, they got. They took it from the white people who were trying to keep us down. We also got to keep in mind um, what what Shekanta Diop talked about in Civilization of Barbarism. And that is, you know, um, I understand that we, we think that uh, you know, of course, African people are our brothers, and that if we come over there, they would just embrace us. They will if we are in small numbers. But let's say we get a, a sizable number over there, we come over here with a whole bunch of skills and things of that nature that surpasses the local uh, folks. Then this becomes a, um, a recipe for conflict. And what Diop shows is that this has happened all throughout the history, which is one of the reasons why I, I have proposed that African-Americans, at least in the initial stages, need to have their own space, like their own city, state, state, whatever, you know, in Africa um, and, and build from the ground up. And then, you know, have some kind of political power to where we can, you know, hopefully help to convince more African countries to, you know, unify in the United States of Africa. Um, and then after that point, just merge in. But um, so there's a lot that has to be uh, considered even with that, you know, in terms of going into Africa and, and, and how the locals would feel. Because even though we, you know, we consider ourselves Africans over here, um, that may not be the attitudes between the, you know, the quote unquote uneducated populace, you know, who are on the ground living. And so here you come with these, these computer skills and things of that nature. And so if we do that, it would have to be in a way that is integrated. If, if we're not talking about creating our own state, integrated, which teaches them, you know, how to do it. So I posted a video on my, on my uh, Facebook page and one of the conversations we were having, um, you know, to show the dichotomy uh, uh, of what is going on here. So, like, uh, many of y'all may know Dr. Maladoma Somat. And, you know, he he has traveled the world uh, talking about the dagger of people in Burkina Faso and their spiritual system. And so if you've ever read any of his books, a lot of his books talk about what their capabilities are in terms of the so-called spiritual domain. So, you know, Maladoma claims to have traveled transdimensionally and, um, you know, he has people who could turn into animals to heal sickness and all other kind of stuff that seems comic book for us. But when I met him initially in Houston, besides, you know, giving us the information about, you know, the, the indigenous spiritual system of the Dagara people, he was also there to raise money so uh, they could purchase whales 
for where they live. And it made me wonder, how could you travel transdimensionally? You know, you, you have to read the book to know exactly all these things. She, uh, uh, she turned into a green woman um, and raised someone from the dead, you know, uh, so to complete a funeral and all this other kind of stuff. But no one has, no one is an engineer enough that they can find and dig their own well using local materials. Mm. This is problematic. Yeah, you got to be the initiate, brother. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But but there was another brother from Burkina Faso who the community, you know, invested in him. And he went to uh, Europe to get uh, a degree in architecture. He ultimately came back and um, built a school, but he got the community to help. And, you know, they built it only using local materials. And he, he set it up to where they learned the skill and now they can earn money uh, in this village. So this village has no electricity and all that other kind of stuff. But, you know, he, he brought his, his skills back. And now, you know, because uh, it was a problem trying to educate the children um, in, in, a, in a manner that was uh, needed, you know, saying to propel them forward. And so, you know, I think his was a, a greater lesson. While I do admire the, the, the information given by Maladoma Some concerning uh, the indigenous uh, spiritual tradition, uh, according uh, to him, but when you don't have engineers or people who can dig wells and know where to go for wells, uh, I mean, to search for underground water and stuff like this, this is problematic. So, you know, this is, you know, studying this earlier is what forced me to really kind of analyze, well, what is spirituality really? And, you know, so of course I always approach things first from a linguistic perspective. So we come to find out that, you know, spirit is not what everybody thinks, that it is a relationship with the materials around them, food, clothing, shelter, and I added protection and family. Um, and so if, if, if we understand spirituality as the, the quality of the relationship with the material uh, essence around you, you know, saying uh, how you are able to utilize your ecology, well, how spiritual are the dagger of people if they don't, you know, know how to get access to fresh water? You know, these are the kinds of questions that I raise. And, and you know, these types of conversations, you know, help put to the front. And so... You know, I'm hoping that these conversations don't fall on deaf ears, that, you know, uh, people take what we say, you know, not just at face value, but investigate, but, you know, really um, push. Like right now is, is Black Science Month. Me and a couple of colleagues, one is a statistician, a statistician uh, she just got her PhD a couple of years ago, uh, one's a mathematician, one's a journalist, and then, of course, I'm a computer science uh, scientist. So we created, we, we selected October to be Black Science Month. And all we do is push science uh, and STEM in general to, you know, saying uh, uh, black people trying to get them to, to aid in their, in, uh, to inspire them to it, at minimum be scientifically literate, but to encourage, if not themselves, their children to get involved in the sciences. Um, because this is what we need more of. And just like you, you talked about those those Chinese people, when I was uh, in undergrad, 
when I got to my higher level courses, it was only, it was a few white people and a whole bunch of, uh, you know, Chinese, Japanese, and Indians in my class. I was one of two black people in any class. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a shame, you know, that mm -hmm. we're, we're out here arguing that we are the creators of science and technology. <laughs> it's like time for science and technology. You don't want to take the courses. We run for math and say that's the white man's math. That's the white man's science. Jump in on you, sir. To your point, sir, you start off with this the, the, the statement of, uh, of integration, right? How do we integrate back into whatever uh, nation we say we're going to go to? And so that's a that's always a position of humility, right? You have to be you have to be humble to know that you have the skill set that will move this society forward, but you just can't go over there um, doggedly and, and impose yourself. And so that humility, that morality, that character comes first and allows you to see what's needed and implement the proper. Uh, uh, not tactic, technique, um, method to get what's needed without damaging the very um, uh, 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 personality, if you will, of the people themselves and of the culture that you're, that you're trying to reintegrate into and elevate them at the same time, right? And so that's why we really push this morality first, this, this, this uh, ethics and this character first, based on our own people's standard. And then... You're, we we don't see ourselves as saviors, right? We see ourselves as equals, sharing a um, a needed knowledge, and so we don't go in um, simply just building. We go in teaching, and so we're teaching. I'm, we've now empowered people to do what they need to do with their societies, and we don't stand out as much as the um, the arrogant outsider, right? Coming in to rescue. We position ourselves more as the the um, I don't want to sound uh, 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 novel, but the the, the sister or, bro or brother who's come back home to share with us, like the brother was sent away to walk in skill and come back. So that 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 piece of integration is huge, um, and the the society becomes more in tune with their needs through that uh, injection of the most advanced technology. They can then. Um, shape their natural world better, because it's just it's just simply ridiculous uh, to, to what you said. What you said about the I can travel in dimensionally, but I can't find water. It's just ridiculous. And it's uh, yeah, and I think it's a great it's a great example too of of where we are now and the purpose of this show, right, is to encourage science and and encourage it in a confident way, not from a position of anything less than power. Like we can be African and we can have technology. So is there anything in terms of Takar that you would like to leave the people with? Like, do you have any marching orders that you want the people to get from this show tonight? Yes, I do. I, I obviously don't go anywhere without thinking about, you know, past, present, future. And um, 
I really want, uh, just as we're working together, I want people to begin to think about how they can team up. You asked the question about heading to Africa. Before we head anywhere, we got to team up here. We have got to see what we do best, the quality of our work, uh, really put some precision into what we do, and begin to get around people who are doing precise work that may be different than ours. Um, I think, uh, I don't know if Asar brought this up, or Arndt brought this up, but one of you all brought up uh, diversity, about diversity, is how important it is. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a scientist. There's nothing wrong with being an artist, you know? I, I, I uh, went back and looked at um, ASAR's video last night about uh, folk were complaining that some of the pictures you were using were had white people in it. And you said something like, we, well, I think someone called in and said something like, um, we need to get black folk to draw our own pictures. We need artists. Uh, you know, we need designers. The designer may not engineer the car, but the des designer draws it. We need architects. The architect may not construct a building, but they draw it. They, they um, put forth the mathematical and, uh, and, and also identify the parts that are necessary to be assembled. So I say all that to say, we need people to begin the process of teaming up and organizing themselves in such a way that in time, we can discuss identifying, because some of us are studying places. You know, I, I, I'm keen to not, not move us to places where we're enslaved from. I'm, I'm careful about that because I know there's a moment where that's got to be worked out and it's got to be worked out from their side first because they did it. They organized or misorganized themselves working along with the Europeans to carry that process out. And so that has to be cleaned up uh, on especially the east and west coast of Africa. Um, once you once you get teams together, get organized, get a plan, I think ASAR is right about this. You can't just think that you're gonna go into Africa and start moving stuff forward no matter, no matter how positive it is because people will be uh, envious of you and, and the whites will stoke that, Arabs, et cetera. Uh, we should follow and see what the Chinese are doing in that regard because they, they built the dam in, um, in Ethiopia. They built the train systems in Ethiopia and the train systems and the tunnels in, um, in Kenya. Uh, they built major infrastructural pro projects that have worked, and the vast majority of them in these countries, in return uh, for low interest, from what I've seen a few documents, loans that are tied directly to minerals that they can't pay it off in cash. So a lot of these um, openings that are occurring where they're seeing positive progress of modernization open the way for us. If we continue our work here and get teams together like they got together. The Chinese are, are sending architectural teams there, engineering teams, infrastructure teams, uh, and later on, from what I understand, teaching teams. We can get ourselves together here. And it doesn't have to be science and technology only. It could be um, art, any form of art. It could mean be educational, uh, any form of technical education, any form of artistic education. It could be any of those things, but we have to team up in diversity. So I said three things. Number one, we have to perfect our skills and our crafts, as I see some of you all are doing. I really appreciate what I see. Number two, we have to begin the process of teaming up, being diverse, not just teaming up with people who do what we do, but teaming up with other people who have elements that we don't have, and begin the process of forming 
confederations. This is what we're moving toward with you all. Uh, and later on, federations. Because Kemet has already done that. Uh, they did it over 5,000 years ago. It's amazing how people lose sight of the fact that the only federal nation in world ancient history was Kemet. The only federal nation. You can talk about empires, you can talk about all these other stuff you talk about, but a federal nation organized with 42 known, 42 states, organized in such a way uh, that it rivaled the United States of America in 1891 is just amazing. You know, so I say, I say, once we have gotten our teams together, then we can begin the process of identifying as a, as a team places that we can plan ourselves and how we can plan ourselves and what will be the conditions of planning ourselves and then what will be the process that we planned out to hand to the next generation because this is a generational process uh naya it's generational and so my moment may i may have 10 more quality years in this i know that uh you all may have 20 30 40 i don't know but you know what baton will be you you will you be handing off you see, you know, what is the baton you hand off Asar, Waju, Ankh, Sanjeti, Naya, Yara? What is the baton you hand off? And what of what quality is it? Because as we said before, everything is born, dies, and is reborn. We're in our phasing out stage in certain areas, but what will it be reborn in, you see? And so that's what we're working on, what the rebirth will be right now. So yeah, those three things we should we should um, focus our attention to. Excellent, excellent. Okay, any, I know that we, you know, we've been going for about almost two hours now. So I wanted to just, you know, um, allow for anyone on our squad, if Sinjeti, Wujabu, if you guys want to wrap up and kind of talk about you know, give the, the audience the marching orders. I think that Sakar did a great job of summing up um, what we need to do from here. Do you guys want to chime in on that? Yeah, um, I'll add this, and I'll say this as a charge to anyone who is looking to advance any facet of society or community, you have to start off with character first, okay? You start off with character within i.e. Ma'atic principles. And then you have to do critical research. And that doesn't mean just let me read some articles and then think I can teach. That's not what research is, okay? Figure out what research is. Do the work. And then from there, then if you have a propensity to teach and move things forward, um, then you can do so. But only after you've done critical research, field work, discuss um, problems, issues, um, and propositions with people who agree with you, and especially people who may have a different position than you do, okay? Weigh out the facts, use what works. If something doesn't work, you, you have to discard it irrespective of your emotional attachment to it, okay? If you're truly about the business of moving um, any facet of society or community forward um, and use good character in the in in you doing so okay do not be condescending to other people consider where people are and and lastly it is your perception 
of the other people and it's your perception of their of your relationship to other people that would dictate the quality of what you teach and what you bring forward um i'll just i'll go next um because uh what sanjeti uh just spoke on i echo completely it's almost like sanjeti was was in my head uh just now <laughs> oh, man, sanjeti. but um but i would add to what uh brother sanjeti said is along with the character um the results of having good character and working on character what it does it allows us to be honest with our shortcomings and our strengths our strengths and our weaknesses and once you're honest with your own strengths and weaknesses you'll put them into play in the appropriate uh position appropriate spot we'll lean on others when we're weak and then we'll allow others to lean on us where we're strong okay so that's what good character will um result in and then also with the think critically we have to scrutinize everything because the process of of um of acquiring knowledge a lot of times we acquire knowledge organically and it's so slowly that we we may not take a critical look at some of the things that we believe in and what we do and practice we may practice something just on the strength of us organically growing into it but never really looked at it and analyzed it and examined it to see if it's really something that works we just do stuff just to be doing it sometimes so um so we need more of that we need to scrutinize which which actually is a word that means to to rumble through the rubbish and find out find what works okay so that that needs to be done and then lastly what i would charge everyone with is to learn how to communicate better communication is the key we're, we're not telepathic uh, uh people um, everybody walks around with their own set of dictionaries in their heads and we have to learn how to convey your thoughts to the next man, next woman's thoughts and, and synchronize those things. So we have to learn aspects of communication and this is something that we take for granted, but we have to learn how to synchronize meanings and understand that we need that synchronization before we can continue to have a, a fruitful conversations because a lot of times I've seen people uh, you know, I, I recently posted this up. Ninety nine percent of all disagreements is based on miscommunication. And so if we work yeah. on if we work on that, I think we'll 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 speed up this renaissance process that Naya mentioned and, and that we all been mentioning tonight. So those are my uh, suggestions, marching orders and so on. So I, I'll, I'll end it there. All right. Well, my marching orders are pretty simple. And this is aimed more so at, and I mean, it used to be applied to more seasoned folks, but especially you who are coming into consciousness, I would take at, at minimum a year, stay out of social media for the most part, and just study. You need to purchase these books. The first one being The Destruction of Black Civilization by uh, Chancellor Williams. The next one is Blueprint for Black Power, Amos Wilson, Poweronomics by uh, Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, Black Africa, an economic and cultural basis for a federated state, and then, of course, the series by the UKIMIT Press. And the reason why you need to sit down and contemplate all of these things 
is because all of them have detailed plans. And so they will put it in a context where you, you understand where we've been and the underlying issues that we have. I am with the UKIM Press, of course, because they have the research teams. When you read Diaz's work, he's always basically begging for us to create scientific research teams. So, of course, the UKIM Press tells you how to do that. So with your research teams and your teaching teams, uh, y'all center around a problem that needs to be solved. And then given the wisdom from all these texts that you've read, go out and solve that problem. And that's my marching orders. Uncle Hello. Kat, you next. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uncle Kat, you next. All right, I had let the mute button was on. I said, very, very interesting show. Uh, I, I appreciate the wisdom and knowledge uh, shared by uh, Dr. Dakar. I really appreciate that. Also appreciate the information of our brother uh, uh, Yasha. I really appreciate that. Um, my thing is, uh, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Um, it's a good book for y'all to purchase right here. The Believing Brain. Hate to say it, y'all. Uh, they're psychologically analyzing us. Uh, they, they, they know how humans think, period, across the board. Uh, thinking is part of the evolutionary process. Uh, that's why we teach scientific literacy, so you can read books like this. The Believing Brain. Uh, figure out why you believe why you believe. Figure out, do your beliefs, are your beliefs grounded in fact? reality or are your beliefs steeped in tradition remember this never let custom and tradition and history be a weight because that weight will weigh you down and drown you we've become weighted down by our history and our custom and our traditions 2018 um stone age religions all parts of them might not be ready for the age of space so we got to move forward as African people. It's a shame that in this book right here, <laughs> this book right here, tribes, right? They ain't building on us. So are they just saying like that cartoon, the Jetsons? Where's the black people at in the future? I know what happened to the black, black people in the future. They had become bogged down in custom and traditions, the same way they did with iron. It was the customs and traditions and the priesthoods that destroyed them. So that's not gonna happen to this next generation as long as we got comedic press. I'm a raw squad, Sister Naya, um, Brother Sinjetti, Brother Saw, Brother Nahisi. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's not gonna happen to us. Shout out to the Masi clan warriors. Um, Make sure y'all get on the after show and we can really get a little loose and loosen up my tie. Make sure I loosen up my tie a little bit, right? And go into the subject matter. Um, so I just appreciate y'all two brothers coming on. Uh, been a breath of fresh air to our community. Um, these books will be here for generations. All the books, all the brothers and sisters on the squad that got books. Uh, these books will be here for eons. And I appreciate y'all motivating me to write a book. My second book should be coming out too. All right. So appreciate that. Um, sister, sister Naya, uh, can you, can you close us out? Uh, Queen? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, I definitely, we appreciate,
appreciate um, University of Kimmy Press. We want to close out Brother Yahar, Yahar with you and then Brother Takar. And then I just encourage everyone to just follow up our next show, part two. We're going to go in some more. So um, let's close out with our guests. Well, first, first and for thank you. First and foremost, I'm 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 really humble with the with the opportunity that came from a, a phone call. Um, Unc, this is what we need. Uh, how can we make it happen? And we made it happen in the span of what six days. Um, we made it happen, and so that that Unc and I laugh now about how we met. You know, uh, the, we laugh now about how we met, and you know, I wa I wanted him to to buy a book, and he wanted me to give him a book. You know, so that's how we met. And so wiser, wiser heads had to come in and say, give the brother the book. He will do for us more than what this book is, $33. And so with that, I say I appreciate the platform that's been built by the Amara Squad um, to even allow this discussion to happen in public. Um, because it's one thing to have a series of texts to move with people, but the platform is not prepared. It's that much longer for the people to get the information. And so I'm just very, uh, actually humbled and grateful um, for the work of the Amara Squad to even allow the University of Kemet to move the work forward, which will move our people forward, which will again cause the generations that are behind us to live their true purpose as opposed to this 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 contrived existence that we live now, um, and with that, I, always, I, I often I don't always I defer now to my older brother, uh, Dakai. Is he still away? Yeah, I am old. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I want to say one thing. I I got a chance to see um, ASARS. Uh, he he sent a, a couple of chapters to review. Um, of his, his upcoming book. I want to promote that because I read it and I appreciated what I read. I made as many notes as I could in a very short time for him. And um, I look forward to that book coming out. Um, certainly send me the link so I can get my order in ahead of time. You all are doing quality work. Was you, when you went back and corrected the things that needed to be corrected in the book that you put out around um, <laughs> around Metternature, and then you produced two others, I think. Uh, that showed your character. You know, you saw errors, you saw a situation that was not clear, and you went in there and, 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 and corrected it, cleaned it up. Uh, and then you explained what you did. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. I learned a lot from your doing that. I say all that to say that in reciprocity, we have to find ways to make certain that you all's books get out because we don't want them to get buried in time. That's what happens sometimes. People don't know quality and sometimes they don't get an understanding of the thing when it comes out and it gets buried in time. So I did get a chance to read a, uh, a little of um, ASAR's work and if I could see the rest of it, uh, if it's on that level that he presented here, mm -hmm. we got something there. Mm -hmm. And I said this before, we are just clearing the path for a generation that will have to win. You see, some of us, I'm not saying us, but some of our people don't recognize that we're moving into a moment where it's do or die. We have to win. We have to know what we're doing. 
we have to plan. We have to be correct on our plans. So we're in that moment now where the generation coming forth has to win. You know, we speak to that in, uh, in Box Square, that this generation will have to win. And so they'll have to have the tools to win. And I think what you all are doing is foundational. So Sanjeti, keep doing your teaching. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep pushing forward the um, integrity question, which is most important with our people. The problem with some of the stuff that we see around here is people just don't have integrity and they, they will put anything out. Uh, while you keep teaching, I know you're not making great money out of it, but keep making sure that the matter that you get taught. At some point, we'll have resources to push those things forward. Um, keep, keep pushing forward the teamwork that you're pushing forward, cutting through the nonsense that we have. Naya, keep doing the work that you do technically, making sure people are accurate, not backing down to folk. You know, I see you all the time not backing down, just clear in the areas that you're clear in, you stand firm with those. ASTAR, keep publishing. You know, keep, keep your ideas flowing. Um, keep going to the conferences presenting. You are a very great teacher, in my view. You you make a great professor. That well, I'm not trying to send you into the white man's school, though. But, um, <laughs> you make a great professor somewhere, or at least over a program. So I will say all that to say I, I do appreciate you all. I will continue to work. This has been very good for me. It will give me some energy next week. I, I, I still work at 8 to 5, so I still – only have three hours at night to work on this book. So we'll have it ready. And I might be sending out aspects of it to you in late November. So you can um, give me a, a critique on it, but thank you again. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Look, appreciate y'all coming through, man. It's been a powerful show. Look, this after show is going to start up in 10 minutes. We can get it in y'all at the end of the day, man, y'all make sure y'all remember a well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth. Every time, woohoo, we!